The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. All financial advice provided on this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. The financial ideas and strategies discussed are only provided as a starting point for a conversation about money matters. With regard to your particular investments and financial strategies, consult your financial planner, CPA, or investment professional. All your financial decisions are yours and yours alone to make and subsequently are solely your responsibility. The information that is supplied through the context of the radio program and any repurposing of its content by the host or network is a combination and collection of solid financial investment understanding, opinion, and comments. This network, show, and its host are not liable for financial strategies, outcomes that you employ in any manner that result in any kind of loss. Shares of corporate sponsors may be the subject of buy or sell recommendations in Jay Taylor's newsletter in accordance with Jay's objective opinion. Now the thing about time is that time is really real. It's just your point times into good times with your host jay taylor this hour will help investors fix issues and achieve personal gain now here's your host jay taylor welcome i am your host jay taylor i'm also the editor of jay taylor's gold energy and tech stocks and you can learn more about my work uh, my newsletter uh, as well as the newsletter of chen lin and roger wiegan who are partners of mine by going to miningstocks.com miningstocks.com for myself and Chen Lin and go to webeatthestreet.com webeatthestreet.com for myself and Roger Wiegand. Uh You can sign up for our special trial offers now by calling my assistant Claudio Bossi at 718-457-1426 during normal work hours or you can go to our website. So if you'd like to try our letters uh, first on a, uh, for a, a lower price so you can see whether you like them or whether they work for you Again, call my assistant, Claudio Bossi, 718-457-1426, or go to our website at miningstocks.com. Two other websites where I am posting a daily blog are uh, jtaylormedia.com, that's J-A-Y-T-A-Y-L-O-R, media.com, and goldinvestor.com, goldinvestor.com. Also, to keep track of companies on my radar screen, companies that I am taking a serious look at, but have not yet uh, included in my newsletter, may or may not do so. Some of them have made it into my newsletter already. You can go to another website called jayswatchlist.com, jayswatchlist.com. 
there are a lot of interesting companies up there. Whether or not they make them into my newsletter, they may be worth a look and may fit your portfolio, even if they don't fit my portfolio or my newsletter's portfolio at this point in time. I want to thank each of you for listening to our show. We're really very pleased with the growing uh, acceptance and um, uh, enjoyment that people are expressing uh, from our show. We have had a lot of great guests with us that have made this show very interesting, and I'm getting lots of good compliments as I travel around to different gold shows around the country. Uh, so we're very pleased with the way the show is beginning. We started in, on uh, the 24th of, eight, of uh, March this year, uh, and it's picking up very well. I need to um, remember to thank most of all our uh, our sponsors because with them, without them, it wouldn't be possible, financially possible, to bring you this show every week. Apollo Gold, Bonterra Resources, Hawthorne Gold, Mentinor Resources, Pediment Gold, Palangio Explorations, and Sand Gold. Those are our current sponsors for this season, which will end at the end of this um, at the end of this year, actually, at the end of December. While we are on the topic of sponsors, I want to bring to your attention a couple of important press releases this past week that came out. Metanor Resources announced the drilling uh, announced a drill result of six over six grams over ten and a half meters on its buried deposit. Uh, very nice grades for open pit mining, and more importantly, it increases the size uh, of the deposit and uh, is, is showing good continuity and hence the chance to continue expanding the, the size of this resource. Of course, last week we did report to you the tragic death of three miners at Bachelor Lake Mine. Uh, this, of course, trumps all other considerations uh, with respect to Metanor resources. Uh, our hearts go out to those that lost their loved ones, and we will hope to talk to the management of Metanor, which, of course, Metanor is a sponsor of this show, very soon to find out more about uh, what we can find out about that unfortunate incident as well as the, the positive things that are going on at Metanor. Sandgold last week announced 44.3 grams of gold uh, intersection. Uh, I can't recall exactly the length of the intersection, but the good news here is they continue to find parallel zones, high-grade zones with the hinge zone, and the news just the good news just seems to keep flowing from Sandgold, as often is the case when you start to find some of these companies that continue to build big deposits. Now, who will be the next Sandgold on our list? Well, I can tell you one company that has had already a track record of establishing a major gold deposit is one of our sponsors, Palangio Explorations. And we are really pleased today to have Palangio's president, Ingrid Hibbard, with us. Ingrid, uh, welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm pleased to be here and glad to talk to you again, Jay. Well, it's, it's, always, you know, it's always fun to talk to people who have made you money. Funny how that is. <laughs> and, uh, you know, um, Palangio, in its past days at Detour Lake, had uh, come up with a major deposit, which is how many ounces are there now, Ingrid? Well, uh, <laughs> the reserve is probably around eight um, uh, million ounces, but mm -hmm. the resource much bigger than that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I expect that this thing will continue to grow. And, uh, you know, it was a mining camp in my estimation, and, and I think you'll continue to see ounces being added to this for years to come. And that is the kind of project that we really like working on, something that has uh, a big, big land package and, and has a lot of room to grow. Well, of course, that's why you're in Ghana. I might just mention, uh, before we get to that, to, to folks who may not be familiar with your company, you trade on the, on the Toronto Exchange. PX is a symbol there, and I can tell people that I purchased my shares uh, on the pink sheets, uh, PGXPF, PGXPF, 
Well, you have a property uh, in Ghana, and there are several considerations that, that make this favorable in my view. First of all, you're located next to the Ashanti gold mine, which has produced millions of ounces in the past and projected to produce millions of ounces into the future. You have, as I understand it, the same geological structure that contains that gold. Those same trends and structures continue on to your claims. Um, and assuming Mother Nature hasn't really, hasn't for some reason decided to cut off those, those that mineralization at the boundary, uh, you know, millions of years before the boundary was ever established, there's no reason to believe that uh, that your geologists might not also be successful in outlining uh, some substantial gold resources. No one ever knows, of course, until the truth machine goes down, until the drill machine goes down. I might also mention to our listeners that one of the reasons I like uh, Palangio is its jurisdiction in Ghana, which is without a doubt one of the best countries in Africa to for mining comp- companies to operate. Well, uh, Ingrid, I'm just wondering, I know that you have started a drilling program now. Your geologists believe they've, they've uh, identified the structures where, uh, that are most likely to host gold on your property. Uh, could you talk a little bit about your drilling program and uh, your plans to, uh, to go forward from here? Absolutely. This is, uh, you know, this is the most, this is what it's all about. <laughs> this is, this is the time that we all get excited. Our, some of my geologists have expla- uh, described this as uh, Christmas. You know, you're just kind of uh, waiting to be able to open uh, the, your Christmas presents and see what's in the box. And I was just in Ghana the week of the 18th of October and we were just starting our drill program. So we're going to be doing Seven to 8,000 meters this year, followed immediately by another 20,000 meters in the first part of next year. Um, what's important to know uh, with all of this is that we've also, we're fully funded. We just completed a $7 million uh, bot deal private placement. So we're fully funded for several years. So uh, this is a very exciting time. You know, we've got the gold price where it is. We're fully funded. We're drilling on this uh, very large land package beside one of the world's monster mines. I mean, to put it into perspective, Jay, they've produced 30 million ounces out of this mine so far, and there's another 37 million ounces in resources and reserves. And we are directly contiguous to that 67 million ounce plus deposit. And uh, we've done a lot of work over the last couple of years to get us ready to, to be in this position where we are right now drilling. We're drilling relatively close to the property boundary. We've done uh, a VTEM survey where we flew over the mine and traced the structures directly onto our property. We have at least 15 kilometers of that same structure that hosts the mine. We ha- we <laughs> it's amazing. It's a very exciting project, and uh, we have done MMI, which we also used a detour to to uh, great effect to help target. Because then the catch is 15 kilometers. You still have to target the exact uh, location for your drill hole. So we've sure, been could, Ingrid, could you just lot. tell uh, our listeners who may not be familiar with those technical terms what is MMI? Mobile metal ion geochemistry. It's a form of soil geochemistry. It's you know, relatively new. It was developed by the Australians. And uh, in in the terrain in Ghana particularly, it works much better for us than the standard soil geochemistry in telling you what's directly below you, which is what you need to know to be spotting that drill hole. And we did do some drilling last year, and we prior to this VTEM. So it's a little bit like three-dimensional chess. You know, you're really trying to get a picture together. 
And uh, um, <clears throat> we know that we intersected the same geology. We know that we intersected the structure. And we didn't get ore grade intersects, so that we, but we did get gold in the hole. So we know that we have the same geology. We know that those structures continue onto our property, and we know they're gold-bearing. So what I would really recommend is that people go and take a look at the website, because to try to describe to you um, uh, what we're following up on is difficult. In this case, we've done a, uh, an animation which shows you um, it gives you an impression of the ore zones and how they're located next door and how those structures go into our property. And I think that's going to be the best way for your uh, uh, listeners to get a, an understanding of what we're doing. And it's uh, very exciting, and we are drilling, of course, first, closest mm-hmm. to the property boundary. Well, I can tell the listeners that I have seen that animation, and it is very, very Educational, it helps you to understand a picture is worth a thousand words. A still picture is worth a thousand words. A million uh, moving pictures probably worth a million words. So I would I would recommend people go to the website, which is where it is www.polanjo.com. Polanjo.com. Well, thank you very much, Ingrid. It's certainly a company that I'm keeping my eyes on for for my subscribers, and we'll be telling you here as long as the Polanjo say. Uh, a sponsor of the show will be keeping you up to date as well on the company on a regular basis. Uh, thank you, Ingrid. Uh, this, uh, just to mention, this, this year has been a fantastic year for us. We're, our average uh, share, our model portfolio is up about 64%. Speculative gold shares are up 132%, of which uh, uh, Palangio is one of those biggest winners in that group. Uranium shares are up big, too, as well, and oil and gas stocks are up. But we have some real concerns, and in the last segment of this show, we will talk about those concerns. However, our concerns longer term are certainly not gold. And our next, uh, our next guest and our special guest this week, Trace Mayer, will be with us in just a few minutes to talk about his views on gold and money, and I think he'll provide a, uh, some insights into the gold markets that are very unique and very, very important. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Want to know more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the problem so that effective remedies can be prescribed. By applying rarely taught Austrian economic theory to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to nearly double the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has lost nearly half its value in the worst bear market in decades. At MiningStocks.com, Jay and his associates provide a framework for turning the pains of the current bear market and recession into investment gains. Jay is a frequent radio and TV guest and speaker at investment conferences where he shares his highly profitable Austrian economic insights at a time when most people are seeing their 401ks become 201ks or worse. He is available to share his rare profit-making insights via radio, TV, and public speaking engagements. To profit from Jay's insights, call 718 718- 
1-800-457-1426 or visit miningstocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters. Tune into Inner Speak Soul Adventures Talk Radio Show every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 Eastern, and learn how to let go of your past and create the reality you desire and deserve, allowing your inner communication to take place more easily without the interference of our noisy mind chatter or your ego. Inner Speak Soul Adventures with Gene Adrian, right here on the Seventh Wave Network. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome to the human race. Some kind of love and ride. I'll be sliding down. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Sign up for Jay's newsletter, Jay Taylor's Gold, Energy, and Tech Stocks at www.miningstocks.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. It certainly is a pleasure for me to introduce our special guest today. He's Trace Meyer. Uh, He is an entrepreneur, investor, journalist, and monetary scientist. He holds a degree in accounting from Brigham Young University and a law degree from California Western School of Law. And he has also studied Austrian economics, focusing on the works of Rothbard, that's Murray Rothbard, Ludwig von Mises, and others. He is a member of the Society of Professional Journalists and the uh, San Diego County Bar Association. And he operates uh, several websites, runtogold.com is one. Uh, another one is howtovanish.com and... Uh, creditcontraction.com, which is really uh, has to do with his book uh, that we'll be talking about a little more uh, as we get into this discussion. Uh, Trace, uh, before we begin this discussion, could you tell our listeners a little bit about um, Run to Gold and, and perhaps a little bit about HowToVanish.com? What are those two websites about? Oh, thanks for having me, Jay. Uh, RunToGold.com is uh, my main blog. I talk about monetary science and I apply it to the current events. So, I, I usually, you know, there will be something that goes on in the news, and I like to uh, dig a little bit deeper and offer a real thorough analysis mm-hmm. that uh, people don't won't usually find somewhere else. Uh, so that's what I do on Run to Gold, and uh, there are usually a few articles every every week, and some of them get a lot of attention, uh, like my article on the GLD ETF, where I uh, really dissected the prospectus, and then. A couple months later, David Einhorn moved all his money out of the GLD ETF into actual physical bullion. So it's kind of fun to see uh, actionable information come out on that site. And the other uh, website, How to Vanish, is more just a pet project that one of my buddies from law school and I run. And 
Uh, we like to help people take control of their personal privacy and their financial privacy. And so we offer lots of helpful tips and, and things like that so that people can uh, really uh, de- decide what they disclose and reveal. Mm-hmm. Sure, and because I think a lot of people don't really have any understanding about uh, about privacy issues, and when they start filling out forms and going places on the Internet and doing all kinds of things, they probably are not aware. I know I'm not as aware as I should be of all the pitfalls of doing so. So I guess that's the kind of thing you're making them avail- uh, aware of? Yeah, just raising different privacy issues that are out there. Uh, a lot of people don't understand how to interact with law enforcement officers when they're pulled over or... Uh, say a cop knocks on your door and wants to come in. I mean, how do you respectfully assert your constitutional rights? Uh, well, most, yeah, most people probably like don't that. even know what those constitutional rights are. So yeah, yeah, and so that's what that site's mainly about. It's uh, we like to help citizens become more informed, understand what their rights are, and how they can apply them in ordinary daily uh, situations in a way that uh, responsible citizens would do. Very good. Well, I, I certainly want to spend some time there and check that out myself, and I hope our listeners will do the same because I think there's, you know, one of the one, we're very focused on economics and our uh, material well-being, but what we tend to forget many times in America is freedom and the ability to uh, to, to go where we want to invest and to, uh, you know, do what we want to do in this country. It's been a free country, and uh, and to a certain extent, I think some people. I certainly believe that that, uh, that some of those freedoms are, are you know, are, are being held hostage these days. Well, Trace, I want to. I noticed recently. In fact, I viewed a clip on from on BNN. You were recently a guest there on a show, uh, and I thought you did a great job of explaining the existing economic problems that we have now. Can our listeners view that clip on your website? Is there a place? Can they can they go to uh, runtogold.com and see that? Clip. Uh, yep, yep, and I'll I'll actually stick it uh, uh, after this interview. I'll stick it in uh, pretty much on every page. Uh, okay. There's a little box just for videos, and so I'll make sure that I put that interview up so that uh, anyone who comes after this interview will be able to see it real easily. Well, I thought it was a fantastic job of explaining money uh, to people who may not be so familiar, you know, with money, and we certainly want to get into that now as we as we talk more about your book, which is titled The Great Credit Contraction. And is that book out and it's available now? I, b- I believe it is. In fact, I think, if I'm not wrong, we're, we're making it available through miningstocks.com. Folks, if you go to miningstocks.com, you can, um, you, know, you, can, you can acquire the book, you can purchase the book, The Great Credit Contraction. So it is available now. Am I right about that, Trace? Yes, sir. Yes, and I, I think I got a copy sent over to you. So <laughs> okay. Well, I regretfully didn't get a chance to to take the time to get into it as I had hoped to, but I certainly did scan the table of contents, and I can tell you a lot of very fascinating uh, topics in the book. First of all, uh, you are a lawyer, as we just noted. You are a practicing lawyer, or you're a member of the bar, at least. Uh, member of the bar, I don't really practice uh, law. I, I try to stick to my investments. There's a little bit less liability there. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, anyway, as a lawyer, you know, I can remember as a banker in the old days having to read through pages of definitions. For goodness sakes, they were boring as could be, it seemed at times, but nonetheless essential. So you start your book out with some definitions. First of all, what is money? Define it for uh, our listeners. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's a that's a great one. L- lawyers quote precedent like the devil quotes scripture, right? So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, really, to have any intelligible discussion about anything, 
uh, we need we use language, and in order to use language, we have to agree on some common definitions. And one of the problems that we have in our economics and our finance is we have conflated and we have confused the definitions. And so I like to distinguish between money, money substitutes, and illusions. Uh, money, you know, that's actually a pretty broad definition uh, that I use, kind of like the founders, uh, just that money is something that's coined rather than printed. I don't necessarily define it other than it has to be something real and tangible. Uh, the most obvious forms, of course, being gold or silver, uh, but platinum would qualify as money and probably soybeans uh, if you really wanted to get technical. Uh, money substitutes would be uh, claims on money but they wouldn't actually be money themselves. So something like a silver certificate or a gold certificate, you know, payable on demand, X number of ounces of gold. Uh, and then we have these uh, weird creations that have really no basis in, in recorded history except in the last about 38 years, and these are called illusions, uh, purely fiat currencies that have no intrinsic value. Uh, and we are now actually on an entirely fiat uh, currency-based system worldwide. And what we see is that these fiat currency illusions, money substitutes money, all of these can function as currency. And currency would be that medium of exchange that we use in our ordinary daily transactions, you know, that we use to buy or sell some bread or a car or or whatever, the, the thing that we use for settlement and uh, then extinguishment of a, of a transaction. So that's how money, money substitutes and illusions are, can all be currency, but they're not necessarily the same things. Okay, so we have just, currency now, Trace. That's what we're using. That's what I carry in my pocket, dollars backed by nothing. What makes, them, what makes people uh, accept them, since there's nothing really of intrinsic value there? Well, it's it's a confidence game, you know, and that's why uh, con, a con game. Yeah, a, a con game exactly. That's why the system doesn't collapse; it evaporates, much like a Ponzi scheme would. Uh, eventually, uh, as Ludwig von Mises teaches, you know, eventually the masses wake up. They realize that inflation and increase in the money supply, you know, dropping them out of helicopters, will go on indefinitely until the illusion becomes absolutely worthless. And so then there's this mad rush to, to exchange these, worth, the, these increasingly worthless uh, illusions for real tangible goods, or in other words, to exchange the illusions for money, whether that's gold, silver, soybeans, oil, zinc, or whatever it is. So is that what's starting to go on now? We certainly don't see a panic rush to gold, but we see an accelerating rush to gold. Uh, you could argue perhaps at least at this moment, to some of the other commodities, to oil? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we're, we're just in the very beginning stages of this great credit contraction. Uh, I go down in, in the book, I, I take it step by step, you know, the last uh, thousands of years of monetary history and financial history to understand how we got where we are uh, with, with a purely fiat currency and fractional reserve banking system. Uh, fractional reserve banking uh, being where... The, the banks are inherently insolvent. They're, they're engaged in fraud at a fundamental level because they, they take deposits and maintain 
the illusion that everybody can get their money back, mm-hmm. will get their currency back mm-hmm. uh, at any time, but then they take that currency and they lend it out uh, so people can buy houses or whatnot. And so they're, they, they can't always uh, meet the demand requirements, mm-hmm. and that's what causes bank runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, except now we have things like the FDIC, which is bankrupt, by the way. Yep. And, uh, and so this whole fractional reserve banking system, this whole uh, illusions using, using these fiat currency illusions has all led to the, the largest bubble ever in the history of the world uh, with the Federal Reserve note dollar as the world reserve currency. And now that the great credit contraction has begun, uh, we're seeing this, this whole system evaporate into nothing as capital moves into things that are safer and more liquid. And that's what I think is driving the gold price, is people are looking for that safety and that liquidity. And gold is a good store of value for that, but it's nowhere near uh, where it's going to end up. And where it's going to end up is people will use gold and, and the other metals for their, for their cash balances. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if you really understand what I'm saying there, I mean, this is really important. There's about uh, a three-fourths of an ounce of gold per human on the planet. Wow. And ima- imagine if every corporation and every human uh, was using gold for their cash balance. I mean, what's the average cash balance that people have in their bank accounts? Jeez. I mean, there's $13.5 trillion uh, illusory dollars just in U.S. bank accounts. I mean, and, yeah. and we're talking, and gold, you know, when you own gold, you fight every central bank in the world uh, because it's a mortal threat to their paper franchise, mm-hmm. just like a great steakhouse is a threat to McDonald's, <laughs> you know. And so if you're using, if you're able to get a steak at a great steakhouse cheaper than a Big Mac, uh, well, of course, the government has to step in and say, well, everybody's got to eat Big Macs, and if you don't, we're going to shoot you in the head. You know? yeah. they, they introduce currency controls and things like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, nothing is as powerful as ideas. Uh, as Mises says, uh, ideas can only be overcome by other ideas, and that's what's beginning to spread is this idea about using gold as money in ordinary daily transactions. And now with the Internet the way it is, I know that you're uh, familiar with uh, gold money, for example. You, sure. can, you can use gold money to, to have ordinary daily transactions. I mean, I, uh, I've accepted payment through gold money for some of my books, for example, mm-hmm. and for other things. And, that, and, and so tools like that completely remove the whole need for uh, fiat currency and fractional reserve banking. And so that's where we're going. And as people seek more safety and liquidity to minimize risk and maximize reward, uh, that's where the capital is going to go. Well, uh, Trace, you, that's you my me- argument. <laughs> you mentioned three quarters of an ounce per human on the planet, and I wasn't aware of that statistic. So, and you said it's very important. I guess why you said it's very important is because it starts to show, starts to give you a sense of how precious gold is. And and uh, maybe gives you a sense uh, that the in nominal terms the price of gold could go to where infinity almost. Well, well, eventually an illusion will return to its equilibrium price, which is uh, relative to its inherent value, which is nothing. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, eventually, eventually, the Federal Reserve note dollar will buy absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Just like the Weimar uh, mark bought nothing, just like the Continental dollar eventually bought nothing, just like the Zimbabwe dollar eventually bought nothing. It's just a matter of time. Uh, but eventually it'll buy nothing. <laughs> well, by and, the way, you mentioned the Zimbabwe dollar. I saw a, uh, a YouTube uh, video that showed what the people in Zimbabwe were doing. Uh, people, you know, old people, people that didn't have the, any ability and, and, and strength were going out into the mountainsides combing the dirt for a flake of gold because it was the only thing that would be accepted as a medium of exchange in that in that country. I mean, of course, yeah, you and, can say... And, yeah. and they had to trade it for bread. You know, you go yeah. out and they would pan in the river to get a, a tenth of a gram, about $2 worth of gold, uh, to buy bread. You know, They might have to spend to all day doing that to find go it. Go out and again. Yeah. I mean, so, but, but, you know, most people say, well, that's Zimbabwe. We're in the United States. It doesn't apply to us. Well, yeah, but I was talking with a hedge fund manager in uh, New York two weeks ago uh, when I did that interview at BNN, I, I was actually out in New York to meet with uh, this fellow, mm-hmm. and he told me that when he came to America, because he he is educated out at Oxford, when he came to America, the exchange rate the exchange rate was one Zimbabwe dollar for one U.S. Do- for one Federal Reserve note dollar, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now the Zimbabwe dollar is worthless. Trillions <laughs> and trillions. So, yeah, I mean, I have a hundred trillion dollar one in my wallet, a Zimbabwe dollar, you know, as a prop. So. Uh, but that's ultimately where it's going and where it has always gone throughout all of recorded history. I mean, there's not a single example where a currency illusion has never become worthless. It's just right. a matter of time. Uh, Trace, in your book, you mentioned the uh, fundamental eco- economic laws, and you talk about flations. I, I suppose you mean inflation and deflation. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that, uh, economic laws that, that or what you're yeah, referring to? Yeah, this well, we've talked about one of them, you know, the difference between money and currency. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's integral to being able to understand the difference between inflation and deflation, because inflation and deflation are derivative terms uh, of your underlying uh, liquidity, whether it's an, a currency or a, a, a money or an, or an illusion. And so the Austrian School of Economics, the, the thought there the definition is that inflation is an increase in the money supply. Mm-hmm. And, I would, and I would say, well, you know, I'd broaden it, and I'd say an increase in the currency supply. Mm-hmm. Uh, because back when Mises wrote the definition, there weren't any illusions. So we right. had to kind of, you know, update the definitions to make it consistent. Mm-hmm. And deflation, of course, would be a decrease in the money supply or a decrease in the currency supply. And this is what's different from... Uh, these political dogmatists uh, that we'll call Keynesians who like to say that, oh, well, inflation is rising prices. Well, no, inflation is no more rising prices than wet streets or rain. <laughs> you know, the, 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 the wet streets are a consequence of the rain, just like the increase in prices is a consequence of an increase in the currency supply. Mm-hmm. And so we have to understand what money and currency is to be able to understand what inflation and deflation are. And this is where, uh, where I kind of bring in my own analysis now is uh, if you, I'm sure people have probably seen the Great Credit Contraction Liquidity Pyramid. It looks kind of like a rainbow thing, and it's got all these different layers mm-hmm. of liquidity in it. 
Well, and certainly my very, subscribers have seen that, Trace, and, I, and I've noticed that on your website. I think it's a fantastic illustration So, uh, about liquidity. Eh? Is that what it's about? Yeah, that's, that's exactly what it's about. And actually, Jim Sinclair over at JS Mindset, he said it was, he put it on his uh, website too, he said it's, quote, a very good, simple, and clear representation of the problem lacking a practical solution. Mm-hmm. And so what, what's happening is in this great credit contraction, is we've got this gigantic liquidity pyramid with about $2,000 trillion uh, at current values within it, uh, within this pyramid. But the upper layers of the pyramid are evaporating away. So mm-hmm. there's deflation uh, with these upper levels, mm-hmm. and capital is moving down the pyramid. But then what the Federal Reserve is doing is they're increasing the supply of Treasury bills, for example, mm-hmm. and that's inflation. <laughs> and so, some of that capital that's in the lower levels, it's beginning to take risk, and so it'll go up the pyramid into stocks, for example. That's while, what they're trying to do. While, that's what the policies policymakers are trying to do is to overcome right. the deflationary implosion right. dynamic. Yeah, they're they're trying to stop this implosion, and so some of that capital is going up, you know, but not enough. And a lot of the capital is going down from the treasury bills into the gold and the silver. And they're, they're of course, trying to get it to go up the pyramid. But any of the capital that they send to go up the pyramid, it evaporates. And uh, so the, the fictitious capital that's there, the capital that's based on illusions that is an actual value that's supported by the underlying economy, uh, it just evaporates away. Uh, for example, auction rate securities or a lot of derivatives. We saw this with Lehman Brothers. <laughs> uh, when Lehman Brothers went down, you had a bunch of these derivatives that had counterparty risk with Lehman Brothers that became worthless. <laughs> and, I mean, we're talking trillions of dollars uh, here, which is why they had to step in the way they did with AIG and Lehman Brothers and Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and Bank of America and Merrill Lynch and all, you know, that big mess. They're trying to offset these derivatives uh, so that, it doesn't just completely uh, grind the whole economy to a halt. But, you know, overall, the, uh, the liquidity pyramid is beginning to shrink. And that's what the great credit contraction is, as opposed to the great credit expansion, which we had for, you know, uh, almost a millennium, almost a thousand years, where the, the pyramid was growing. Okay, well, it sounds to me as if, you're suggesting that the policymakers are not winning this battle, that their attempts to reflate when the system wants to deflate, that they're losing. So let me ask you then, are you a deflationist or an inflationist? How is this thing going to pan out? Are we going to see a great deflation? Well, I'm definitely a deflationist in the sense that the total size of the liquidity pyramid is uh, shrinking. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm an inflationist when it comes to the size of the fiat currency illusions like uh, Federal Reserve notes or British pounds, for example, because uh, obviously the central banks are engaged in quantitative easing. <laughs> yep. And I'm also an inflationist uh, with the gold and silver because we have uh, companies that are you know, actually drilling holes in Ghana and, and mining this stuff out of, the, out of the earth and it's not getting consumed. So this the, the money supply of gold and silver is increasing. Uh, but overall, the, the, the whole pyramid is shrinking. And so what, you know, in order to take actionable uh, 
and, and wise investments, you have to understand where your particular assets fall in this liquidity pyramid and uh, hopefully, you know, try to move capital down the pyramid into something that's safer and more liquid. For example, if you have a money market fund, uh, move the capital out of the money market fund and into uh, physical cash, for example, and, like, take it home and stick it in a safe. Right. <laughs> You're talking currency in the safe. Yeah, currency in the safe, you know, because, uh, because that's safer and more liquid than currency in the bank account. Right. And that and the currency in the bank account is safer and more liquid than the uh, than the money market fund or the sure. auction rate sure. security. Sure. And that's what and that's what we saw, you know, a year ago. Is there there are a bunch of people who who had these auction rate securities that were quote like cash and had been for twenty five years, and then one week, you know, a hundred percent of the auctions went through, and the next week, ninety eight percent auctions failed. And all of a sudden, people had a bunch of, like, 40-year student loans that didn't pay interest instead of a, you know, a light cash, quote-unquote, money market type uh, instrument. Okay. Uh, we only have a couple of minutes left here, unfortunately. I, I, so I've got to get to a couple of the, the essentials here. So what should people be doing with their money now? They should be buying gold and, and, and um, bank notes and sticking them in their safe, or, or what should we be doing? Yeah, well, I, I definitely like uh, physical gold and silver. You know, that's the safest and most liquid. Uh, I think people, you know, if you don't necessarily know what to do, I would get something safe, liquid, hunker down, and uh, and then assess the risk environment and see what you want to purchase. You know, if you can find a good investment or a good deal, uh, then you can, you know, venture out and try to find it. But it's getting very hard to do because gold is risk-free. You know, an ounce of gold is an ounce of gold. And mm-hmm. so another thing I like to teach is people should be keeping their financial statements, their income statements and balance sheets in terms of gold ounces. Right, and, exactly. And so, so when, you're, when, you're, when your cash is, you know, I wrote an article, U.S. dollar and hyperinflation, Federal Reserve note dollar and hyperinflation, where I applied international accounting standards to the, to the uh, Federal Reserve note using gold as the presentation currency under IS-1. Mm-hmm. And the and and it's actually in hyperinflation. It's like, and it has been over the last about four years. Wow. So, so it's very difficult to uh, make any money or make it make a profit when your when your currency that you're using is in hyperinflation. And so that's of course why uh, people move into gold and just kind of wait it out. <laughs> Okay, Trace, you know, you mentioned, uh, I think, three-quarters of an ounce of gold on the face of the earth for every human being on the face of the earth right now. And um, you talked the other day on BNN about uh, your target for 2010 of a $1,300 gold price. Where did you, uh, how did you come up with that, if you might just explain to our listeners before we have to move on to our, unfortunately, we're running out of time. If you could just explain that. And then ultimately, where, I mean, given that ratio of gold to population, where might the price of gold go? Yeah, I mean, the price of moon's the limit for the price of gold, but uh, I actually wrote about it in a couple articles on Run to Gold, uh, where I looked at, uh, I've looked at mainly three things. Of course, there's the fundamentals, and we've talked about that. Then there's the seasonality of gold, and November's actually the strongest month of the year. September's the second strongest, so we had a big move in September. It's consolidated in October. It's 
probably going to go up some more in uh, November. But then I also looked at the 200-day moving averages mm-hmm. and compared the 200-day moving averages and the ratio between the current price to the 200-day moving average. Uh, I compared that to the historical uh, trends with gold. So the move in 04, uh, well, the consolidation in 04 and the move in 05, the consolidation in 06 and the move in 07. And so we're actually not outside of uh, those, uh, the standard deviations that you would see during those moves. So $1,300 would kind of put it at about the same percentage moves that we saw previously. Okay. So, That's, so, but if things get real crazy, we might see 1650, like Jim Sinclair says, or mm-hmm. uh, maybe even higher. Because sure. all it takes, all it takes, is a change in in attitude, confidence, and for, cap, and for capital to move from those treasury bills as safety and liquidity into gold. A That's tiny little portion of that money, right? Because what we're talking about, the gold market capitalization is very low compared to treasuries. Right. Right. I mean, it's. Tiny. And then the, the actual gold that's available for sale. I mean, India just picked up 200 tons. <laughs> okay, uh, Trace, we're just about out of time here. I've got to ask you one more thing. We didn't get to this topic, and I wanted to. Maybe we'll have to have you back sometime to talk about this and many, many more things we just didn't get to today. But you're not a big fan of the ETF GLD, are you? Could you say maybe in 30 seconds why that's the case? Uh, well, you know, I've read, the respect, I've read their prospectus. I know how to read and they, uh, they don't actually make any representations as to the fineness of the gold. Under the 10K, the, the vaults of subcustodians are not given any authority to enter them, not even for an audit. So, I mean, these are, these are uh, paper instruments. If you want to trade them, you know, that's a good thing. But a lot of people think that the ETFs hold gold. But as Deloitte and Touche uh, wrote in one of their recent reports, uh, if it's a commodity ETF, they buy or borrow, mm-hmm. they borrow certificates mm-hmm. of ownership. <laughs> and so uh, there's, <laughs> if you think that it's physical bullion, you're sadly mistaken. And that's why, you know, uh, David Einhorn's moving out of, moved out of it. I think. That's fantastic. I mean, it's, it's really very, very educational, folks. I hope that you'll go to your website is, go, what is it again? Uh, yeah, run, run to gold.com, and I'll have a link up there for the interview and the ETF article. And, folks, you can, again, you can buy his book by going to our website at miningstocks.com. Click on the link, and, and it'll carry you right through to purchase uh, the book, The Great Credit Contraction, which I'm about to read myself. I've, I've read the, uh, we've talked about a lot about it, so you have a sense of what the book's about. I've been with uh, Trace Meyer on various panel discussions. He's an outstanding individual. Very bright young man with a legal mind as well, and that's really rare to find a lawyer who also understands gold. Thanks again, Trace, for being with us. Folks, we're going to be right back with Chen Lin and Roger Wiegand for the wrap-up. Don't go away. We'll be right back. markets up or down or if you're looking to improve your portfolio our experts are ready to talk to you call now toll free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network one 
to know more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the problem so that effective remedies can be prescribed. By applying rarely taught Austrian economic theory to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to nearly double the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has lost nearly half its value in the worst bear market in decades. At MiningStocks.com, Jay and his associates provide a framework for turning the pains of the current bear market and recession into investment gains. Jay is a frequent radio and TV guest and speaker at investment conferences where he shares his highly profitable Austrian economic insights at a time when most people are seeing their 401ks become 201ks or worse. He is available to share his rare profit-making insights via radio, TV, and public speaking engagements. To profit from Jay's insights, call 718-457-1426 or visit MiningStocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters. Apollo Gold is a gold-producing and exploration company that recently brought the brand-new Black Fox Mine into production. Apollo's 100% owned Black Fox Mine is located in the world-renowned gold-producing district of Timmins, Ontario, Canada. It's expected to produce over 100,000 ounces of gold annually. Apollo Gold also has tremendous potential for additional gold discovery as they continue their current exploration program on their recent new discovery at the Gray Fox property, which is adjacent to the Black Fox Mine, as well as its new land acquisition of Pike River. With gold prices near an all-time high, investors should consider Apollo Gold as an outstanding opportunity to invest in an undervalued junior gold mining company, well-positioned to take advantage of a bull gold market. Apollo Gold trades on the New York Stock Exchange under the ticker symbol AGT and on the Toronto Stock Exchange under the ticker symbol APG. Visit Apollo's website at www.apollogold.com. Apollo Gold, a golden opportunity for investment. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome to the human race. Some kind of love and ride. I'll be sliding down, I'll be gliding down. Try not to try too hard. It's just a love you're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Sign up for Jay's newsletter, Jay Taylor's Gold, Energy, and Tech Stocks at www.miningstocks.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm here with my two partners, Roger Wiegand and Chen Lin, for the wrap-up today. I just want to comment briefly on, on the markets. Uh, we... Uh, we're seeing we've seen quite a run up in the in the go, in the uh, general equity market since the March lows, March 6, I believe it was. Uh, there is a growing concern among some people that we are near the end of this bounce up, uh, a reaction to the initial leg down, and that we're heading down to a much deeper decline in the equity markets. Uh, we can hope and pray that's not the case. But I did t- talk to Ian Gordon, who gave me a, a call shortly before showtime. Ian's is picking Friday as the as the peak of the B wave up. 
and he's basing his comments to a great extent on the work of W.D. Gann, the brilliant market analyst who passed away back in the 1950s. I know Richard Russell refers to him a lot. He is a legend on Wall Street. Uh, certainly you want to pay some attention to a, to a mind like W.D. Gann. Uh, Robert McHugh is really suggesting also that we're within days, if we haven't already seen the, the peak on the B wave up, and he thinks we're ready to go down and down very hard. Well, that's one of the reasons that I have been uh, sort of cautious on the gold mining sector as well as other shares in the equity markets, actually more cautious on non-gold shares. We've been recommending people take uh, cash out of the market, take some profits, build up some cash, start employing some hedges against a decline in the equity markets. But I want to turn to my two friends now, uh, Chen Lin and Roger Wiegand. I guess, uh, Chen, first you, uh, what, are your, what are your views on the gold market? You know, I was, the other day I was at a, a conference, it was on a panel discussion with John Nadler. He's a perma bear in gold. He doesn't like gold per se very much. Uh, uh, he, he certainly is a paper guy. He prefers paper money or currency, as, our, as Trace Mayer was uh, defining it. Uh, and, and Nadler was saying essentially that he thinks the Chinese are not going to be buying gold. They don't want to pay such high prices for gold. You're pretty well plugged into China. You've got friends back there, family back there. What do you think? Well, you know, the uh, the China really, central bank really back to the corner right now uh, because India bought half of it, and there's other countries have interest in buying the rest of the gold. Uh, if, you know, China don't buy the gold, actually they, uh, there's a lot of problems domestically. A lot of uh, Chinese uh, in, you know, intellectuals are calling central banks. They should have bought gold ahead of India, which they didn't. Now gold up, you know, another 5%. So they try to talk down gold in a sense. So basically, you know, because you know, typical Chinese way, when you want to buy something, you talk it down. <laughs> I, I saw that, you know, that it's cheaper to buy domestically than internationally. I do not understand. I mean, 10 years ago, maybe, because at that time, Chinese people are not allowed to own gold. Okay, you have to sell all the gold to a central bank. You know, otherwise, you could be in trouble. Mm-hmm. Now there's a domestic gold exchange. Uh, as far as I know, the difference between Chinese domestic maybe premium discount maybe 0.1 percent or something, very mm-hmm. very close to international price. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I can buy. Okay, so you don't you don't quite understand his his ideas, I guess, on that. Uh, we we're just we just so short on time here, Chen. Any anything else? Anything you really like these days? Uh, what are you doing with your with your uh, portfolio now and managing your family's money? Are you are you, are you sticking with equities, or are you being cautious, or what are you looking at? Well, um, start. I'm getting a little bit cautious, especially on the on the gold mining shares. I see. I start see like the divergence, that the juniors are not mm-hmm. really following gold price. Mm-hmm. It's kind of frustrating. Remind me, I'm a 2007. All right. So you're you're taking a little more cautious effort, uh, cautious stance now on the juniors. Right, right. Right okay. now, it's a little more cautious. So all this stock, I have to make sure they don't need money from the market and all right. these. Okay, I've got a. You know, this is why we're going to a two-hour show in January, folks. Uh, we just don't have time to talk about everything we need to talk about. Roger, I want you to get your thoughts on the gold markets. What are your? You have any any target prices? Medium, short-term target prices for well, gold? Our longer-term uh, price was twelve fifty, twelve sixty, as of several months ago at that meeting in New Jersey. Looks to me like we still have a chance to make it, but uh, <clears throat> in the interim, uh, right about now, we're at a peak. We're going to pull back. Some are saying 10 to 12 percent. I think the worst we'll see is 1,007. It, it could be as high, <coughs> excuse me, as high as 1065. Um, the, the pullback is going to be mild. I think we're we're making a double top in gold right now, but the uh, the pressure is on the long side. The funds are in long. Uh, the baskets of funds that come in, they buy a whole basket of commodities.
Okay. That includes gold and silver. Okay, we're going to have to leave it at that, Roger. Sorry, we're out of time. Next week, folks, we're going to have Bill Lagener and Kevin Duffy. They're managers of one of the most successful hedge funds in the world last year. When everybody else was losing their shirts, these guys gained over 100%. They'll be our guests next week. We want to find out what they're thinking is. Are they deflationist or inflationist? Which way is this thing going? We want to thank uh, also those who make this show possible, uh, the people at Voice America, starting with my, uh, with, uh, my senior executive producer, Tacey uh, uh, Trump, Ruben Colombe, my operations manager, and Travis Ortwin, my engineer, all of these folks. A big thank you to all of you for making it logistically possible to bring this show to our listeners every week. And so until next week, goodbye and God's blessings to you. Thank you again for listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now the thing about time is that time isn't really real. It's just your point of view. How does it feel for you? Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.